Hey again, welcome everybody to another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast, a weekly woodworking podcast featuring the folk from Woodsmith Magazine. I'm your host, Phil Huber, joined as always by the regulars, John Doyle and Logan Whitmer. Today's episode 52, one year in the making. Uh, we started this way back three decades ago in 2020, and here we are today. Today's episode, we're going to talk about dust collection options and suggestions that you have for a big shop, small shop, or no shop. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. So it's been two weeks since we filmed one of these. I think everybody kind of realized that our ones last week, Christmas and uh, New Year's, right? Yeah. Uh, that we had pre-recorded those. So it's been two weeks since we've recorded this. And in these last couple of weeks, I've had a ton of interaction with some with people that listen to the show or okay. listen, either read the magazine, listen to the show, watch, or listen. I see. I keep saying listen to the show, watch the TV show, listen to the podcast. And like how it's amazingly fun to to get to talk to people that like appreciate what we do. Like I don't think I, I feel like I'm sounding like really nerdy and corny by yeah. saying and a, it, and a little needy. Yeah. Well, like, yes, and then that's well, not you, what I'm trying to get at. But what you I, get me. I think it's so rare to find somebody that appreciates <laughs> our work. It's like a unicorn. So it's yeah. well, such a breath well, of fresh air. No, so there's there's been a, a couple people that um, have reached out to me on Facebook. Um, oh man, uh, Brent is building the Craftsman Clock that I had a YouTube video on, uh, and he had some questions, so he reached out on Facebook. Um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Matt just reached out today. He's building the um, oh the miter plane. Uh, this this little guy uh, oh, yeah, from yeah. a recent uh, episode of the magazine. Uh, he had some questions on. Um, it's just, it's, it's a little validating, like, Hey, people actually like what we do and actually are building some of the stuff that we're building, which it just, it's a little validating. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah we see the numbers that, you know, the subscriber numbers, the view numbers, we see all that, but actually being able to talk and, you know, hang out with some of these people a little bit, uh, that appreciate what we do is super fun. Uh, but my lead in comes from, um, a, uh, actually a piece of equipment I sold from my shop, uh, here. Oh, last week or this weekend, I think, um, I had a, uh, dust collector hood right over my shoulder. If you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, that was on my table saw. Oh, so yeah. it was a, um, it was a, uh, dust collection hood made by, by PSI. And it's one of those, uh, like you guys know what we have in the shop. We have the, the uh, saw stop version of the overhead dust collector. It's a dust yeah. collector guard combo. That's what this thing is, but it's made by PSI. Um, and quite honestly, I didn't use it a ton. So I, uh, I listed it on uh, Facebook Marketplace because I actually I had never used it. I installed it when I put my table saw in the shop, um, my Steel City hide before this one. And I never used it. So I posted on Facebook and uh, somebody reached out, a gentleman by the name of Mike. Uh, and it, it's funny because we, we kind of worked out a time for him to come out. And he, uh, he came and he's like, hey, I recognize your house from your sawmilling videos. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, like somebody else that watches stuff we do. Like, oh, God, this makes me feel so much. I don't want to say it makes me feel so much better about doing the stuff we do because we love what we do. I sure. mean, we freaking love it. We have mm -hmm. the best job in the world. But... Uh, it, like I said, it's just a little validating. It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, people actually appreciate what we do. Uh, so Mike, cause I know he does listen to the podcast. Thank you for coming and picking that up. But that leads me into what I thought would be fun to talk about today is dust collection because I had that dust collecting dust collection hood and I just didn't use it a ton uh, or I never used it, but looking at it, I'm like, I don't know that I'm actually going to use this. Uh, so I want to talk about dust collection, what you guys do in your shop, uh, what are some options and what you guys think is ideal, because I have some ideas for my shop that I'll share a little bit later, Okay. but I want to see what you guys 
have what you guys use. So, well, Phil, what do you use? Okay. Uh, well, for those who have seen my shop tour video, I don't really... What I use for dust collection is a... I have a fine... I mean, not just fine, but a fine S shop vacuum. Super fine. Super fine. E I N. Yeah. Uh, dust extractor, I believe, is the technical term. Mm, okay. Nice. Uh, and it, that replaced, actually about a year ago, I had a small shop vac brand vacuum in my shop that finally just gave up the ghost. Every time I shut it down, as it spooled down, it would give like this terrible banshee-like screech before it finally came to a halt. Um, and I've had my eye on having a nicer dust extractor because they're quieter for one mm -hmm. and uh they have they just do better at collecting dust and i also like the feature of being able to plug a power tool into the vacuum and have the tool activate the vacuum uh, we have a couple sure, of, which is we have a couple of fine dust or dust extractors in the shop and i think a couple of bosch ones that we use on the tv show set and, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I would like. I that would be my designation between a dust extractor and a shop vac, right? right? Like a dust extractor is meant more to work with the tool, turn on when you turn the tool yeah. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's meant as a dust collecting tool rather than a cleanup tool, if mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. not too fine of a designation. Uh so I do that for several reasons. A, I have a small shop. B, I'm cheap and don't want to spend a ton of money on a humongous dust collector that's just going to sit around. And sure. since it's just me in the shop and the size that I have, you know, switching hoses isn't that big a deal, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, where I have it located, I can have, you know, the bench, the hose is long enough to do something on the bench or I can just move it over to my bandsaw, which is the other tool that I would use it mostly at. Um, and then if I need to, I'll connect it to my planer. Now, I will say that I have it attached to uh, an Oneida Dust Deputy Cyclone, which okay. I've found to be outstanding as a, as a sidekick for a shop vacuum or dust extractor because sure. it's a lot easier to empty and um, doesn't degrade the performance of the extractor, you know, by, okay. Cause it's not filling up and the filter's not clogging as quickly and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, and then the planer that I have is the DeWalt 735 that actually has a blower built into it. So I just hook up yeah. the hose from the dust deputy to the back of the planer, and I don't even turn on the shop vacuum because the strength of the blower is going fast enough that it activates the cyclone in the dust deputy, and I get pretty decent collection out of that. You know, sometimes if I'm planing something thick, there'll be some chips laying around, but that's, you know, a quick pass sure. with the shop vacuum when I'm done with my planing session. And I'm ready mm -hmm. to go. Um, and then I'll use that same connection at my router table that I have. Um, okay. And a little plug for a couple of videos that we did, um, that you did, John, on that drill press table that we have mm -hmm. in the shop now. And it's one that I have, too. Um, I'm going to be honest that when that plan came out and we had a couple of insert plates for that drill press and the fence is designed and the tables designed for dust collection. I'm like lame gimmick <laughs> doesn't work. Cause I feel like a drill press, like drill press and miter saw to me are the two yeah. tools that are like, you pick it up when you're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But after we did those videos and you showed how to make the inserts and then actually use them. And we've used them in a couple of other videos. It's like, Holy crap, this really does work. I'm kind yeah, of surprised. Yeah. I was a little surprised too. Cause it seems like every drill press table dust collection tip we've done is just like you said, been lame and it, it might suck the dust right at the point of 
the collection, but this one did really well. Yeah. So, um, so any of I'm our readers them. that have sent tips or listeners that have sent dust collection tips in for the drill press, you could send your emails to John Doyle <laughs> at aimmedia.com. Yeah. yeah. I'm refuting your tips, yeah. even though we use them. So sorry. Results vary. Results not yeah. typical. Yeah. Maybe it was user or builder error on my part. Probably. But, but anyway, I don't think so. so. I want to, mm-hmm. one of the things that I want to do is, uh, be more intentional about having dust collection, like when I'm using my drill press. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Now that okay. you don't have a table saw anymore or a large router table that went with your table saw, right. um, you really don't need a big dust collector yeah. type system. And even with my table doing. saw, I had uh, that craftsman saw i noticed and i don't know if it's because it was maybe meant for the export market as well but underneath the table where the blade was was half of a shroud kind of with threaded holes to create a pocket for better dust collection and even half of a dust port on there so i ended up Mm -hmm. kind of cobbling together uh the other half of the shroud and then putting a PVC fitting on the back of it to help collect that dust. Because otherwise, like on a contractor saw, you know, it's just blowing everywhere. And and that did a surprisingly good job with, again, with a shop vac. And it was, I don't know, I don't know if my contrariness came out there where it was like, I don't need a dust collector, even though everybody else says for a table saw and a planer, you need a dust collector. Because I just feel like, well, part of the thing is, is that I, I really want people to build stuff and not feel like they need to have this gigantic list of must-have tools before they can start, you know, because mm-hmm. like you read some articles and it's like the first tool you should buy is a jointer. It's like, well, what are you going to build with a jointer? Mm-hmm. Flat board. <laughs> <laughs> so I would rather, you know, get a shop vac, connect it to your saw or tools the best you can and get started. Upgrade mm-hmm. as you, well, upgrade most people, as you go. I think have a shop vac. Yeah. You know, I think most people have some form of shop vacuum, whether it's, you know, a, a big shop vac, small one, or even a vacuum that they're using to clean up. You know, right sand and whatever but so john what do you have and use in your shop um like yeah like we we've mentioned before i hadn't like used my shop a lot at home um before this past spring because just i did so much work here in our shop because we're so well equipped so i'd say my it's more or less not dust collection and more dust redistribution. <laughs> so it's like the dustier or messier the operation, the closer it gets to my garage door, like the open garage mm-hmm. door. And if it's like MDF, it's in the driveway. So it's like trying to just blow yeah. it farther away from the garage type thing. So I do have a shop vac and like Phil said, it's more of a, cleanup tool than in a dust collection type tool. Um, you know, it's good for cleaning up the chips afterwards, but as far as using it with a sander or tool, it's kind of a pain in the butt. So yeah. um, I think it is be, if I'm going to be in there more, it's probably a good time to, to invest in a better um, like dust extractor type uh, tool, yeah. especially for sanding. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, it really helps say. hooking it up to a, a sander, or, and and doing that with a shop vac is just a huge pain in the butt. Because like, no matter what size of hose you have, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't fit any yeah. like attachments on any tool ever yeah. made. Yeah. So yeah, but well, you know, so over Christmas, I I upgraded my sander. So I had a couple Boshes, um, and, and I upgraded it to a a Merca sander, a used Merca. Um, mm-hmm. It's not pronounced Merca. Merca. It's Merca. <laughs> Merca. Uh, but I started the dining room table. I started sanding, and I, I actually used um, – I bought one of these hoses off 
Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. It's like the anti-static one because if you've ever been sanding something and the static builds up on the hose and it shocks you around waist level, you'll mm -hmm. only do that once. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is one of those anti-static hoses and I think it was like 30 bucks on Amazon. It was cheap. It doesn't fit. <laughs> you speak about it not fitting. It doesn't fit my rigid shop bag very well. So right now <laughs> I got a bunch of duct tape uh -huh. around it yeah. <laughs> to hold it on. Universal this thing actually tape. worked really well. Exactly. But this actually worked pretty well to plug onto that Merca sander I have. Um, and it, I noticed sanding, this does help a lot. Even with just my my stupid, dumb 6 or 14-gallon rigid shop back, it helps a lot. Now, a dust extractor I know would be better. Um, and the guy, the cabinet shop that I bought this, Phil, you asked me when I told you I bought that Merca, you asked if they had one of the extractors. They did not. Oh. They had, I think they had Festool oh, okay. ones. Um, but I think, you know, Fine makes them, uh, Merca makes them, Festool makes them, Bosch makes them. And I'm sure there's probably a few others that make the dust, dust extractors. Yeah. yeah. And, God, they would be nice. They're just so dang expensive for what they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the, the Bosch one's at least $500. It might be six or 700 Yeah, um, could be. And I, I know the Festool is up there as well. I'll look up the Bosch yeah. right now. Um, but I, you know, I, for the longest time in my shop, yeah, so the Bosch 9-gallon dust extractor, it looks like best price is 600 yeah. bucks. So. Um, so they're, I mean, they're pricey. Are they worth it? I think so. Because the whole point behind dust collection, I mean, obviously to, to contain some of the mess, but a lot of it is health related sure. too, right? It's personal mm -hmm. safety. Um, and a lot of my resignation on giving up that dust hood that Mike bought from me, uh, is that those are designed to pick up that fine dust that floats around in the air and that's the stuff that's actually harmful yeah. it's not the dust that collects in the cabinet because that stuff is heavy enough it, it just falls, falls straight down. down yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's the stuff that stays up in the air and floats around the shop for half an hour after yeah. you're done um so that was a lot of my my resignation on giving that up however i do have um all of the all of the saw stops come with the sod guard that has a dust collection hose port oh, on the sure. back. Um, it's like a, it's like an inch and a half inch and three quarter, two inch port, um, which is perfect size to use with my shop back. Um, but it also has the four inch or five inch port on the base of the saw to get the dust out of the cabinet. Um, which the other day I nearly lit on fire. So it was one of those, <laughs> Oh, Hey, let's quick vacuum out that cabinet uh -huh. while it's burning. So, Yes. Well, it was like, there's a lot more smoke coming out of there now than there was 30 seconds ago. I better open that up. <laughs> so, um, Give yeah, it some so I guess I've never, yeah. So I've never, never really planned on, well, I, I take that back. I had always planned on putting dust collection in my shop. Um, actually when I built the shop, I put a, before I finished the, the room that my shop's in, I ran two 90 degree, four inch elbows through the ceiling out into the garage. And my, my end goal was to run a dust collector out in the garage. So it's not in the shop that way. I don't have to, I mean, my shop's in my house, so I don't have to drag a bag full of dust through sure. the house to dump it. Um, and just run it off a remote control. We have one, well, we had one in the shop, um, until John sent it through the dust collector. Um, and it doesn't work mm -hmm. anymore. Uh, but we had remote ones and they make remote ones and they work great. Um, so my, my goal is always to run a hard lined dust collector through my shop. Um, you know, much like we have in our, in our production shop. So in our production shop, we, we have a, do you know the brand on it? Phil? I think is it's it an Oneida. Oneida. Is it a big yeah. Oneida? Yeah. We have a big, uh, twin filter Oneida that collects and dumps it into a 55 gallon drum. Um, but we're also running several hundred feet of hard six inch line, right. right. Throughout the entire shop. Um, you know, we have what, three saws that each have two lines to them. Our three band or two band saws have lines running to them. Miter saw sanders. I mean, there's just lines right. everywhere. Um, 
But that was my goal was to do some hard piping in my shop and run it uh, from the corner where it goes into the garage to my table saw and then to my band saw and then ultimately a, a joiner planer in here. Um, however, the more I'm thinking about it and the more that I'm using my shop here at home over this last year uh, and really getting it set up how I want it, the more I realize that I don't think I need that, at least not in my shop here. Right. Um, because I'm doing a lot of my heavy milling uh, in the office and then I'll bring stuff here to work on it. Um, so a lot of my stuff here is, you know, fine cutting, um, joinery, a lot of that type of stuff, right? Um, so my heavy milling that creates a lot of shavings, a lot of um, chips and sawdust, uh, the surfacing is getting done in the shop. Um, how, so I, so think, that's your, that's your well, dust collection is strategy now, is have another place where you, my can... dust collection strategy is to not do shop, it in yeah. my shop. Okay. Just, just a real clear. <laughs> I, on a side note, I did get my butt chewed by Steve a couple of weeks ago because I was milling some walnut, walnut for my, yeah, for my table, for my tabletop. And I was very cognizant of it. I kept watching. So we have a, in the shop, uh, our dust collector drains into a 55 gallon drum. Like I said, and we have a proximity sensor on it. So when that drum fills up to about uh, probably half to three quarter full, the light starts flashing, telling you that it's full. So I am jointing and planning all this stock for this walnut top. And I kept watching, I kept watching that light and it never turned on. So I'm like, okay, great. Somebody just emptied it. You know, it, it's probably getting close, but it's the end of the day. It doesn't seem like it's overflowing. Not that sure. big a deal. So I came in Monday morning. Steve's like, hey, did you plant a lot of walnut or something? I was like, yeah, well, I cleaned up really well. Why? He's like, oh, the dust collector was over full. He's like, both of the filters were full of chips mm. too. And I was like, oh, the light never turned on, Steve. I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, that light's been broke for a couple months. Oh, shoot like i was i was paying attention i was watching it i knew it um but probably should have just sucked it up and emptied it uh but yeah he said there was a lot of dust in there yeah but anyways so i think my current plan in my shop is to run a wall mounted dust okay. collector okay so uh, i i have had in the past floor mounted ones uh, like the yep. rolling ones like the jet we have in the video studio um I've had those before and I've sold them just because they're always a pain to move around. I don't usually move them to where I need them. Um, so I think what I'm going to do, uh, I have room and I'll see if I can spin my camera. Maybe over there, kind of where my coats are hanging. Um, I have some wall space. So I think what I'm going to do is do one of the wall mounted dust collectors, um, which if anybody hasn't seen those, they basically are just a squirrel cage motor. Mm -hmm that has a bag that hang off right. of them. Um, and they hang on the wall. Uh, they're great because you can, uh, at least the Rockler one, you can lift up off the, uh, it, it's basically like a Z-clip that holds on the wall. You can lift it up, move it around, put it on the floor next to your bandsaw oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever you're, you know, you can move it around fairly easily. Now, I say that until I start thinking about you know, that bag half full of sawdust, that's going to get heavy. And it sounds like it's just going to fall and make a mess. But, um, so I think that's my, my kind of my angle on my dust collection here in my shop is to do some form of wall mounted dust collector and then just do like a, I don't know how long a hose I can get, but like a 15 or 20 foot flex right. hose that, that I can then hook up to my table saw, hook up to my drill press, uh, or my bandsaw, which bandsaw is another one that the dust collection on those usually just sucks like, or it right. doesn't suck. And that's the problem. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of my, my end goal in here. But this is kind of where I'm struggling is they make those wall-mounted ones that um, are designed to go on the wall. Uh, PowerTech makes one. Um, Rockler makes one. Grizzly makes one. There's, there's a lot of people that make them. And they're all right around that $200 sure. range, um, 2 to 250 Most of them are touting numbers for cubic feet per minute of about 650 cubic feet per minute. Okay. I've seen 
and this might make some interesting content, which is another reason why I'm kind of leaning towards it. I've seen people take the Harbor Freight Dust Collector, which is one of the Harbor Freight kind of gems, whatever it says, is the, is the, uh, the Harbor Freight Dust Collector is actually really, really good for being a Harbor yeah. Freight one. And instead of mounting it onto the rolling base and doing the, the filter with the bag underneath it, kind of like our jet is, um, instead they will mount it to oh, the okay. wall. So they'll mount it to the wall. Into that, they will do a dust deputy, a cyclone, mm -hmm. and then they will discharge that into a, um, like a, not a 55 gallon drum, but like a 30 gallon drum, a smaller drum. And the exhaust side, uh, when makes filters that are fairly inexpensive, it's a pleated filter. That's about 60 or 70 bucks. Um, so you basically, you basically take this, uh, Harbor freight, El cheapo $770 dust collector and you soup it up <laughs> and the dust collector itself, you know, stock from Harbor freight says it's a 1200 cubic foot per minute dust collector. So it's about double the volume as a lot of these other wall mounted ones. So I'm kind of trying to decide on, do I go that route, you know, and, you know, instead of $200 into it, you'll probably end up with five or $600 in the, cause I think the, the cyclone that fits it is about $200. The filters another 70, some hoses yeah. and all that jazz. Um, but I think it, I guess, is there ever a point where more air movement is a bad idea? Uh, probably not. Like, I don't think there is. Yeah. Until I guess until you throw the dust collector remote right. control through it. Yeah. Yeah. Go through twice as fast. <laughs> yeah. Remote controls, tape measures, yeah. any of that. Yeah. It's going to come out in pieces well, at I've, the other end. And I've sucked up a lot of crap into my dust or in my shop back. Like you're just, you're like, there ain't no way it's going to yeah. suck that up. And it until right up, you know, and then you wait and then you hear that. Chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, and I think there is a, for people that have larger shops, I think there needs to be a little bit more thought put into dust collection oh, systems, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like none of us, none of us have large shops by any means. I mean, right. I'm in a 14 by 20, yeah. you know, um, Phil, you're in a garage, John, you're in a garage. So we don't have huge shops where we have a thousand square feet that we need to worry about, you know, okay. We have to worry about blast gates and all that jazz mm -hmm. to open and close and shut tools. Um, but I think there is, with a larger shop, there's a lot more to take into consideration. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess, John, if you were going to tackle, have you looked much into the t different types of piping? Um, because that's another question that always comes up. Right. Should I run PVC? Should I run uh, the steel? Should I run the plastic? What's the best? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not something that I've looked too much into just cause you know, everything is kind of, pretty local on my, for all my tools yeah. and pretty mobile. So it's like, I don't really need to do all the, the piping as much, but yeah, it's another thing you to know, consider. Like I, I like the idea, I think of running hard PVC piping and a, mm -hmm. I, a lot of what people say is, Hey, you have a huge potential there for static electricity, mm -hmm. um, which, which you do again, you get one of those shocks from a shop back hose. It sucks. Um, you magnify that by, you know, 10 times with a, a big dust collector, uh, then I think you have that potential. So a lot of people will end up running like a right. grounding wire mm -hmm. through them. And actually my, my, uh, elbow coming through the shop, I have a, I did pull a grounding wire with it. So, um, I haven't paid much mind to our, our ducting system in our shop to know if that is grounded. I would assume That's because metal. it is. It has, well, it's metal and it has that ribbing. Through, yeah, I right? think that's just for strength. I don't know that that's grounding or anything. Is it? I say I don't know if there yeah. was a molded I think in the, grounding. I rod. think I don't know. I know so little about the specifics of that, but I think the um, static yeah. issues are more for PVC than it is for metal. Yeah, I would think mm -hmm. so as well. And I mean. Once it's all assembled, it's you could ground out anywhere yeah. on it, and it would be fine if there was a potential. Mm -hmm. But you know, 
So, I don't know. I guess that's kind of that was kind of my my thought because I think that's the next the next move for me in my shop is going to be um, changing or adding some form of dust collection. Um, you know, another another reason why I had gotten rid of that overhead collectors, I can foresee myself in the next couple years buying a fairly good size lathe. Um, I have a little jet back there, um, but uh, a fairly good size one. I like the Rikon that we have on set. It's fairly large, but it, it moves and rolls around pretty easily. So in my shop, I think being able to swap out locations, move the table saw out of the oh, way and put the yeah. lathe there, I think would mm-hmm. be good. And I didn't want that overhead thing hanging there um, was another, another thing on that. Um, I guess, have you guys ever had a, any success with dust collection on a bandsaw? Because right now that's my biggest mess yeah. maker in my um, shop. The right. bandsaw that I had before, mm-hmm. uh, that Sears one that I have is, or mm-hmm. had, um, that actually had decent dust collection on it. Cause it had the main port of it was on the, you know, if you're facing the saw was on the lower left side which I think is the more optimal sure. place for dust collection. I mean, you can hook, you know, a lot of them have a hookup like right below the table, which can work, but I mm-hmm. think you have to have yeah. some pretty stout airflow through there to get all of it just because of the inertia from the blade spinning is carrying a lot of that down sure. and through. So by the time it kind of, all those chips sort of lose steam is on that lower left side. And if you can get a, a collector over yeah. there, then it's not as bad. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree. I, I think if you can combine those uh, uh, right below the table setup, even if you have to make sure. some kind of a custom hood for it, and then you know in the lower part of the, you know by the bottom wheel somewhere, is probably the best. Yeah. So I mean. We and we had a reader tip, John. It's probably been what six issues ago, five issues ago, mm, probably at least um, that. About basically building a shroud yeah. to go underneath their table, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting here, my my bandsaw's right behind my computer, so I'm looking at it right now. There's a lot of room. Uh, the The dust collection port on the Powermatic is right below yeah. the lower blade guide, and yeah, you'd probably get quite a bit of airflow through it right there. But there's a lot of room underneath that table for dust to get yeah, out before it, to it gets down to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, well, I don't you know, know. we maybe, have that uh, we have that Laguna little... that's in the Woodsmith shop. And mm-hmm. it's an older Laguna. And the newer ones I know are fantastic yeah. saws. And I've had my issues with this older one that we have. One thing that I thought was pretty cool about it, though, is right where the lower below the table dust collector is on the inside of the cabinet is this little, I don't know, slot where you can stick a piece of plywood in and the blade cuts a kerf through that. Yep. And it acts like a ramp to kind of channel dust to where the collector is. And I, that's, yeah. that's kind of a genius idea. And for the, some of the it other is, flaws yeah. of yeah. that bandsaw, it's dust collection actually does pretty well. Yeah, and that, and to be clear, that is a very old Laguna. Um, I mean, it has to be from early. Yeah, maybe right? even longer. Yeah, yeah. It might be older. So it's yeah. it's yeah. a solid twenty so, years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny because again, I just happen to be sitting here looking at my bandsaw right now. It, I I do I hate messes in my shop. You couldn't <laughs> tell by looking at all the crap around me. My, like, I am such an anal retentive person that I hate having a mess in my shop. Like, it drives me nuts. It doesn't drive me enough. It doesn't drive me nuts enough that I clean up right. after every Which time I'm done in there. Which is why you do milling at, somewhere, at someone else's shop. That's right. <laughs> uh, but, um, no, it, it drives me nuts sitting here looking at it. Uh, so I guess, and I hate to say this, I'm less concerned for my own safety than I am keeping the mess out of the shop, um, especially since a lot of times I'll, I will throw on, um, 
a dust mask if I'm doing something that's like super yeah. dusty, like routing. I hate routing. I hate it. Um, and router is another one that can cause a mess. Um, and dust collection on them doesn't always work the greatest. Um, I think the best router table dust collection that we've that I've seen um, is I love I love the Infinity router hmm. table dust collection. Um, the Infinity router table has the standard dust collection port at the fence, but uh, Infinity also supplies a well. If you buy their higher end table, um, which is the one we had, uh, they supply a Triton router with it, and it comes with a plastic shroud that goes around okay. the router, and it worked phenomenal. Um, I did, you know, basically a full afternoon full of photos with it, and there was hardly a speck of dust on it. Which, with it being having a black surface doing photography dust oh, shows yeah. up terrible on it and it was phenomenal it worked super well uh now there's some i think there's some stuff that he, you do that you can't get away i mean you can't there's some operations you can't use the dust collection right. port on the fence if you're doing grooves or um, something or like yeah if you're cutting grooves or you know doing dados and parts or whatever i mean yeah sometimes it just doesn't work if you're not using the fence um but those two are the the biggest they're the biggest dust makers in my shop. The again, my table saw it just all falls right down in yeah. the cabinet for the most part, so not that big a deal. Um, but you know, my I will say as much as like I have, I don't know if I can spin this camera to see that or not. So I have that table oh, yeah. on the drill press that I have. Mm -hmm. It's like it, I think it's an yes, old it shop notes table, maybe or mm -hmm. um, it uh, it's okay. And I don't know why I want to, like, I don't know why I feel bad saying this, but God, I love that freaking black uh, table that John built for the Rikon on the mm -hmm. video set. Like, I used it the other day, and I'm like, that thing's fantastic. And, yeah, drill presses are another one that it is hard to collect the dust right there. I did see, it was probably yesterday, I saw some guy on one of the Facebook groups had 3D printed a, for lack of better term, it was a donut that had a dust collection port on it. And it basically, he set it around his bit, which thinking about it now, he'd have to hold it there mm. while he's drilling because there wasn't any holding mechanism, but he said it worked, it worked well. Other than that, there's not a good way. A lot of the, the chips made by a drill press are too large, I think, for anything but the best yeah. suction to get a hold of, mm -hmm. right? So... You know, I'm not as concerned about collecting dust on the drill press because that's easy enough to sweep up. Uh, but my two, three in my shop are the router table, bandsaw, and table saw. And joiner planer if if and when I add one, which I will. I'll, I'll probably end up adding a, um, adding a combo unit. Um, we have the Rikon yeah. on our video set, and I, I will say that is one of my favorite jointers ever is that Rikon. I'm less than enthused with the dust collection yeah. on the planer side of it, mm -hmm. just because of how you have to flip the hood around. I find it doesn't collect a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of it escapes on the planer side where it doesn't on the joiner side. Uh, and it could be, uh, John and I set it up wrong. <laughs> we didn't no. really read the directions. <laughs> That's impossible. I know. Right. <laughs> um, but, and for anybody that's listening that has a lathe, I always see I always see people saying, "Oh, here's my dust collection set up on the lathe." My butt, <laughs> like you're not collecting anything. Like you guys have seen that turning room after I'm done roughing out a bowl. There ain't no. The only dust collection system right. there is a shovel. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's funny watching some production turners. You know, watching uh, like either Mike Mahoney or Glenn Lucas, guys that turn bowls for a living and turn platters for a living. They're good enough that they can park a, like Glenn Lucas out in Ireland. He actually parks like a, uh, a dumpster behind him. And as he's turning his bowl, he's directing his yeah. ribbons into the dumpster behind him. Like, come on, that's fantastic. Other than that, <laughs> you, there's not a whole lot of dust collection that happens on a lathe. Maybe if you're sanding. And again, that's where a lot of, the important stuff is right. to catch is the sanding. It's not the, it's not the right. shavings coming off. Mm -hmm. um, you're not, unless you're 
getting down and snorting lines of sawdust off your lathe bed. I don't think you're, you have to worry about that, but you know, so I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting topic. We don't talk about dust collection a ton, Mm -hmm. but we use it every day. Well, you do. (laughs) Well, sometimes, sometimes. Do you guys have uh, air cleaners in your shop or? I do not. Yep. Uh, I've thought about it because I know that there's been several times where uh, I've gotten done with woodworking for a session and then turned to go in the house and I see there's like this light dusting or a cloud and hanging in the air or a dusting of two cars behind me. You know, it's like, oh, I guess that'll Mm -hmm. drive off. Yeah. 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 I suppose. Yeah. And I. Oh, see, there you go. There it is. Yep. Mine's up there. Um, I Here's the thing with that. I use it when I'm sanding. And I okay. use it when I'm cleaning. Because I've told you guys in the past, I'm right. a blower to clean stuff off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's terrible because it's putting all that in the air. But then I flip that thing on high and it creates turbulence in my shop. Like all my lights start rocking back and forth because of the wind moving or the air moving and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does really, it does a really nice job with a, a cheap $1 filter yeah. on it. It picks up a lot. And that's crap. something that I've considered doing. So. Um, I don't have a ton of space. You know, I ceilings are kind of low, so it's just a matter of where to put it. I have been kind of interested in, uh, mm-hmm. what's that? I don't even know what the company is. Is it Axiom that makes, uh, like a floor mounted air cleaner, like this, it's round. I think it's called like the Stratus or something like that. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah. Cause they have one that looks yeah, kind of like Armand a box is. fan. That's a, that's a big filter. It does, yep. um, so I, you know, I, I could see that, you know, we've in the past Woodsmith did a couple of DIY air cleaners and I think you can get away with that pretty easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even like we have a we have a super fan in our right. video studio. It's just basically two box fans mounted on a rolling cart. A, if I was working in either one of your guys' shops, I would be have I'd have four of those for summer because <laughs> freaking fat guy starts sweating instantly. Yeah. You'd be collecting uh, the dust on your sweat. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a condensation collector. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you know you throw a fan, you throw a filter on that, and that will that will grab a lot of the dust as it's pulling mm-hmm. it through. Now, the question I was always asked: Do you put it on the intake or the exhaust side? I always put it on the intake side. That's what I would do, just so it's not blowing the dust into the fan motor and exactly uh, right. But yeah, speaking of collecting dust on your sweaty arms and stuff when you guys need to come out and spend a summer day milling with me and then you'll see <laughs> real dust collection on sweaty yeah. arms and there's nothing worse than getting done milling and you look down and everything's just stuck to you i started i've started bringing a towel and a bottle of water an extra shirt mm. when i'm done just excuse me while i strip my shirt off and wipe myself down in your yard <laughs> the number one accessory for a portable bandsaw mill is a mm-hmm. pump sprayer with a shower attachment yeah. on it. Exactly. You know, I actually have a, uh, so I, I'm a huge fan of the Ryobi tools. Like I love them because I can buy a thousand batteries and they work for everything. Right. But I got one of the tire inflators and it has like a, it has a blower on it to do like air mattresses and stuff. Oh, sure. I bring that with me. And psh, I mean, it takes mm-hmm. forever because the hoses, you know, it's an inch hose, but it works. It, it helps, I okay. guess. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I will say that. Let's just leave it on that note. Over Never the... imagining Logan all sweaty and yeah, yeah, covered in sawdust. And they're kind of like you should have like a mouth or something. Traveling car wash service as well with your bucket yeah. and sponge in people's driveways. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's complete package. Yeah, you know, it's funny because talking about dust collection and sawmilling, I do see a lot of times guys that are running sawmills on. Um, or stationary sawmills, they'll hook up like swing arms with a, with a hose on them. Kind of like a car wash, you know, how you go in a car wash and there's the arm that holds the hose above the car and they will hook up dust collectors to their mill. Oh, okay. 
and run a run a five or six inch hose. <laughs> Most of them run, just run outside the building, so it blows into the trees, and mm-hmm. you know I'm sure they are going to get sawmill or sawdust drifts out in their yeah you know side yard, but. I thought that'd be kind of interesting. I thought because that is one problem with with the sawmill, and actually that's probably where, if there's anything that's bad for my lungs that I do woodworking wise, it's sawmilling because a lot of the times that dust is just blowing right back in your face. And yeah. one of the big reasons I actually chose the Norwood mill is because the dust, the dust exhaust is opposite side of the operator. Oh, okay. A lot of them had the dust port on the same side as operator, which doesn't make sense to me because you're always walking through sawdust all day then. Right. Um, but the Norwood is on the opposite side. Oh. Um, and it's kind of a double-edged sword. They do that because uh, a lot of the other companies will do that because then your blade is coming at you, which means your log rests are on the operator side. So you see before you run into them. With the Norwood, their log rests are on the opposite side of the operator, so you don't see them, and then you can cut into them and ask me how I know that. Hmm. I got one that's really short compared to the other one. Uh, but <laughs> the I always try to park so the wind is carrying that sawdust away from me. Right. doesn't always work, though. Yeah. So I always thought about my dust collection solution there is going to be a 90-cent J-hook in a five gallon bucket and just hook it on the edge of the mill. So it sprays it into the bucket and I just have to empty it every five cuts. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know a better way to deal with that other than maybe putting like a, they make those um, like debris chutes oh. for construction, like in skyscrapers, you know, they're like right. a, a tube basically. And they throw stuff down them. I was wondering if I could get one of those or, or that type of fabric that I could just hang off the exhaust side. So it just, fall to the ground. I don't know if that would work or not. I don't know. Just deal with it. I just need to wear a mask. Okay. I have to wear a mask doing everything else. Might right. as well just wear a mask when I'm sawmilling, right? right? That's right. So, so the question then for shop vac, dust collector, or whatever, is what do you do with the chips then? Mm. Mulch. Mine, I go dump in my timber. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, and that's well, and see that's a that's another question that I always see get asked on Facebook groups is what are you guys doing with your shavings or what are you doing with your chips or what are you doing with your dust? Like everyone's like, oh, let's find a way to reuse it, you know? And yeah, that's that's great, but there's a point you just got to put it in the garbage, right? I yeah. well, I live in town, so I can put it in the yard waste bin. That's true, and yeah. it works there. Um, if I know, since most of the time I know what's in it, you know, and if it's hardwood, softwood stuff, I'll put it in some of it in the, in our compost bin. Yeah. As to, you know, to balance out kitchen scraps and things like that, or mm-hmm. um, basically like landscape mulch in the garden or something to yeah keep like footpaths yeah. or something. So, yeah. And I've also yeah. kept some of it in a bucket for, cause I'll change the oil on our car. And I don't know what it is, but I feel like the way that they set up drain plugs on cars is that, and you got to imagine that the engineers are chuckling them themselves every time they complete the drawings, because it's like the Exxon Valdez every time I change the oil, no matter (laughs) where I put the little bucket to catch all the oil, or when you go to unscrew the filter and it's running down your arm. And so I keep a little bucket of chips and sawdust that I can use as kind of oil dry for that and Mm -hmm. keep it clean that way. Yeah. I think the, just the main thing, the number one tip for people that have um, large dust collectors with bags is empty them when they're like 75% full. Don't wait till they're like 110, 150% full. Right. It's not going to be an enjoyable experience. (laughs) Even maybe when they're 50% full, just, Yeah. yeah. Get them dumped. Empty them first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, see, all my all my sawdust, I go dump in the timber. Um, I actually, where my where my septic in my house drains, it drains. So the septic systems just drain clean water out of them. Um, where, where that drains is a little, like, runoff, I don't know, trickle that runs down the hill. So I dump them right there, uh, and it just kind of washes down and helps keep some of that dirt from eroding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm 
when I'm turning, like when I'm rough turning bowls, I end up with these gobs of shavings. And since I'm usually doing that at work, I could just throw it in the dumpster. Um, but what I'll do with my rough turn bowls is I'll shove them in a cardboard box with a lot of those wet shavings and kind of pack those wet shavings around them to slow down the drying process. Sure. Uh, but when I get home and let them sit for a couple of days uh, or weeks before I pull them out of those wet shavings and put them on the shelf, uh, I'll, I'll get those shavings out. And I've actually started mulching around my trees with them. Okay. Um, uh, like the trees that are in my in my yard, I guess, um, because I do have a lot of trees. But the trees that I mow around, I've started using those and mulching around them to keep the freaking grass from growing so I don't have to <laughs> mow around them. And it works great. It looks nice. I don't have to mow around them. It's awesome. There you go. So, yeah. I do, if I, uh, if some of the arborists I work with, if they are mulching, so when they when they take down trees, they have 15-inch mulchers, and they'll just mulch, I mean, almost the whole trunk, right? They'll shove the whole thing in there. Um, and a lot of the farmers around here like the chips. Sure. Um, because it gets a little bit of, um, you know, uh, natural uh, vegetation back in the soil. Uh, but they don't want walnut because the the chemicals in the walnut will kill a lot of stuff. And I'm I'm all the time telling them, hey, if you guys have walnut mulch, bring it out to my place um, because I use it around where I stack lumber, uh, and it keeps a lot of the the weeds and grass from growing. Yeah. So you basically just end up with a nicely mulched area to stack lumber, and it works really well. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I have heard about sawdust, and I'm not going to be claim I'm not going to claim to be a gardener at all but I've heard that when sawdust breaks down it absorbs a lot of nitrogen initially right? it will yeah or yeah that's okay the folk from garden gate I've talked to about that on some yeah. stuff well and I I've, I've heard you need something to counteract that um and one of the things I heard that will put nitrogen back in the soil is coffee grounds so oh. I've been actually saving all my coffee grounds from our I have a five gallon bucket that sits outside my sliding glass door on my deck. And when we're done, I just dump them in there. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I'm going to, when I start composting again in the spring, I'm going to start mixing some sawdust in with, yeah. with that. See. And I think that's part of the reason why I mostly just, you know, for sawdust, I'll just compost it because it'll yeah. break down first and then yep. helps, helps the whole composting process run optimally. Sure. So I've also kept I know, yeah, like I know there's a lot of guys. plain shavings I'll keep for yeah. people that I know that uh, have fireplaces or mm -hmm. like a smoker or something like that where, you know, like plain shavings are the probably one of the most ideal fire starters on the planet. Like if you yeah, can't start a fire sure. with a handful of shavings and just one match, you know, it's you're doing something right. wrong. Yeah. You know, I know there's, there's people that are like, Oh, Hey, use your sawdust, make fire starters. I can only make so many egg carton fire starters, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like you start like, oh, you realize how much sawdust we make yeah. <laughs> kind of on the no fly list at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No kidding. Jeez. <laughs> well, see there you can, that's like a new business line for you though, Logan, because you have the beehives plus the yes. sawdust you can make these artisanal, you know, small batch, local fire starters. fire starters, beeswax fire starters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, so, okay. So since we've been, what, two weeks since we've talked about, what are you, what are you guys working on? What are you making mm -hmm. sawdust with in your shop? Well, I've woken up from my holiday slumber now <laughs> and... <laughs> back at it so i think i've uh this week i'm trying to get all the readers tips together for the magazine and dinking around with all that little stuff and uh what else we've talked about uh i think next week or the week after i'm going to start building that revolving uh workstation tool nice. station or whatever mm -hmm. yep so on video on video yeah phil just yeah. uh built one um this past week or something yeah. or yeah i was uh we've talked visiting family for christmas and uh built a the revolving tool station for my father-in-law who is recently semi-retired i think is what he is now 
That's how most retired people would describe themselves. Say yeah. they are. Yeah. So yeah. he's yeah. been yeah. Uh, getting back into doing more and more woodworking, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was setting up his shop and came across it on Woodsmith Plans and asked me about it. And so when we were mm-hmm. visiting, uh, I helped him helped him build it. And uh, it's one of our more popular plans. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things that looks like a really great idea. The skeptic in me was wondering, like, is it really this nice? Does it really do that well of a job? And I, it came across to me as being kind of a big space hog at first, but that's because there's really no human scale in the photo that we have with it. Once you build mm-hmm. it, that is a sweet, sweet setup for benchtop tools. Yeah, It's got mm-hmm. a ton of storage built yeah, into so. it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and you can basically put four benchtop power tools on there and use them whenever you want. No. Yep. Yeah. So people that don't know what it is, it's basically a corner cabinet that has a four foot lazy Susan on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can put a handful of tools on it and just spin them to whatever tool you need. And there's a locking mechanism, yep. right? To lock it in place. Mm-hmm. And so... there's a drawer under each tool station. So you can put accessories that go with it. And then because of how that's divided up, there's like two little pie shaped cubbies on either side of the station. So there's a, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a place to keep your stuff organized as you're working, no matter what tool you're sure. working at. So, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's always been a really um, popular project from plans perspective and it's uh, kind of an older shop notes yep. project. It's been around a while. So I thought it'd be fun to build it on video and get it back out there. So are you going to, is it going to end up in your shop, John? I don't know. I don't know. We'll Who see. knows where that stuff ends up? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, and then I think after that, we get started on season 15 mm-hmm. of the Woodsmith Shop Oof, TV God. show. So right back into yeah. it, 2021. So no rest for the weary, <laughs> but so. Oh, Did you th- say you woke up from your slumber? You had right. two weeks of rest, man. I know. I need it. <laughs> so, but. Oh, the other thing I was going to mention, um, my wife denies it, but I think um, Santa Claus listens to our podcast because several episodes ago, we were talking about our favorite non-woodworking uh, um, YouTube oh, shows. Look what you have. And I got yeah. some hot sauces oh, from nice. from uh, hot ones uh heatness.com is their website that they sell their hot sauces but that showed up awesome. underneath my tree and i was like hmm i think somebody's been listening to the podcast oh no so, but yeah it came with a couple hot sauces and you might appreciate this one uh logan as a beekeeper it's like a pepper infused honey Ooh. Yeah, uh-huh. I've had some of those before. Oh, yeah. Good. It's got a little sting yeah, to yeah. it, but well, yeah, I was a little worried when I saw saw the box. Like she, like I would have gotten something like the triple X, burn your yeah. burn your face off or whatever. But it's the, just like the, the toilet paper the, in the freezer. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and put the toilet paper in the freezer. So, but it's like the basic. My wife must have thought I was like kind of yeah. weak. You know, had a, a weak palate because I I got like. <laughs> mid-grade the lower end yeah the starter kit <laughs> awesome it's for babies they put it in baby yeah. bottles so i uh but so that, i thought that was pretty just cool. before christmas i started fermenting a batch of hot sauce i did one batch of hot sauce and then another batch where it was going to be uh pickled jalapenos and carrots and garlic kind of mm-hmm. uh, peppers and escabeche or whatever they call it um and I don't know if it was because the eczema on my hands had flared up or that I was just handling the peppers a lot more and trying to get it, a lot of the seeds out. Not all of them, but a lot. Mm-hmm. That, uh, And I've never had this happen before, but my hands were burning for like three hours after that. It was mm-hmm. like they were just dipped in acid. Yeah. It was Yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, my wife's had that before where 
she'll make something and cut something up and then like we'll be laying in bed later you know watch tv or whatever she'll be like oh my god my hands are on fire and she'll climb out of bed to go like wash her hands in <laughs> yeah. milk and yeah. i was doing everything like we <laughs> like, looked yeah. it up on the googles that. on what you can do to stop it and i was trying all of it and yeah. none of it was working and yeah like five gallon buckets of ice cream <laughs> yeah. just hands buried and <laughs> who knows uh, so well good for you yep yeah Cool. What are you been working on? Well, I've actually, um, which is sometimes weird. I think it's kind of weird for me because, uh, you know, I build a ton of projects for Christmas gifts. And sometimes I get to the end of it and it's like, oh, I just need a break. Or I feel a little burned out or something. But I did pretty well, I guess, on this year for not getting too behind. So. Well, you started. Yeah, I did. And I try to start pretty you started in like March. <laughs> what else are you going to do during a pandemic? So, you get to jump on your Christmas right, gifts. Yes, that's true. That is true. Uh, but I'm pretty jazzed. I have a, I think I was texting with you guys earlier about, I just have a list of some projects that I want to really want to build and a couple that are kind of hanging around that I just need to finish. And maybe we need to do that as a sure. podcast topic of like, what keeps you from finishing a project and why? That's, that'd be a good one. Um, so I have a couple of cabinets that I want to finish, but then, um, like I alluded to earlier, I'm making a couple of set of inserts for my drill press table for uh, better dust collection. So that's kind. Of, it's a a quickie project, but I want to do that and then jump into uh, jump into some other ones. Most notably, a workbench. How about you, Logan? So. Well, you know, so the last couple podcasts I think we did, we we filmed them before Christmas, and I said I didn't get the. Did we lose Phil? Okay, <laughs> you disappeared. Okay, that's all right. Uh, so I said I didn't get the table done in time for Christmas. That was a lie. I got it <laughs> done like mm-hmm. the day before Christmas. Uh, so. Yeah, I finished up the dining room table, and I have to tell you guys that this is probably one of the projects that I am. I took my time on. I did everything by the book, except one thing, um, and I just am so happy with how it turned out. Like, I'll see if I can get some photos if we do it in the show notes page. Um, but I'm so happy with how it, how it turned out. Um, the The one thing that I did that I would change. And not necessarily change. It's just I knew it was going to happen. Um, it's one of those, you know it's going to happen as you're doing it. Because I was trying to get it done so quickly, I sanded it before I let that glue fully dry. So I have a couple okay. of raised glue lines. Not the end of the world. I'm the only right. person that notices them. Um, not that big a deal. It's just when you when you don't let the glue sit for a couple of days and then you sand immediately, as the moisture evacuates, that glue line, just you feel a tiny ridge of glue. Not that big a deal. Um but yeah, my father-in-law helped me carry it up on New or on Christmas Eve. Um, we used it Christmas Day, and it was awesome. Uh, I did figure out uh, the finish I was putting on it. I was doing it kind of in the Thomas Mosier spirit, and I did just a hot linseed oil. So I I actually ordered okay. some tried and true. Uh, so the tried and true linseed oil and. Then they have like a, a linseed oil varnish blend. Um, well, they call it their it's linseed oil and natural pine resin blend. So, so I did those um, kind of in the Thomas Mosier style or spirit, uh, and it was I mean it was God it felt so nice like it was like it was one of those tables that you just walk by and you just want you just touch it every time you walk by it sure. and you've done it a thousand times because it felt so nice. Uh, the first hot bowl we put on it left white spots. Okay. So it was one of those like, yeah, I kept telling myself and I was romanticizing it that it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's going to be character marks and I don't really care. I don't <laughs> mind putting a coat of oil on it every couple months. Uh, first time I was like, nope, not going to do that. Like I had myself so worked up. as like, yep, not going to work, not going to do it. So I ended up um, putting on the top. On the top only, so the base is still just linseed oil and that varnish blend, and it looks great. Um, the top I did do a wipe on of uh, a wiping varnish, 
So, or a wiping, it was the, actually the Minwex wiping poly. Um, and it's, it feels nice. It looks great. It doesn't look plasticky uh, and oh, it nice. hasn't marked at all. So, uh, super pumped. Yeah. Super pumped on how it turned out. Um, speaking of quickie little projects. So about <laughs> probably three years ago when I started at Woodsmith, I did this set oh, yeah. of kitchen knives. Um, this is, this was a set from Woodcraft, I think. Uh, where they sell the knives and they're some Damascus, Japanese V10, VG10 steel, super nice knives. Um, I, and it was a set of five of them that I bought. Um, and I did three of them. I didn't order enough. So I don't know if you guys can see that or not. They're mosaic oh, okay. pins on there. I didn't order enough of the pin stock. Um, so I just did the three that right. I knew we would use all the time. Um, and the other two knives have been sitting there and I ordered the pins like a week later. It, I just never got back to mm -hmm. them. So I decided, uh, I would finally glue some more go. knives up. Um, so these last two, which is a bread knife and I don't know what this guy, Oh, it's is a vegetable be, cleaver, but <laughs> yes, vegetable cleaver. That's of course it is Phil. Uh, but I ordered that, got those glued together. So I'm going to, finish those and i kind of have fallen back off uh I, so i had so much fun like talking to people um every vintage tool i have sold recently were to people that listen to the podcast or tv show or magazine or whatever um that i've kind of fallen back into old habits and i've picked up i've started hitting thrift stores and flea markets again so I know, don't shake your head at me, Phil. I have a couple of things I want to buy. I mentioned that large lathe, so I got to figure out a way to make the money. So I'm <laughs> starting to buy and sell some tools again. Can we just put I mean, a yeah, number one up? Year. Uh, yes, like, I know, right? Fundraiser, oh, one eight uh, Logan. But I did, uh, so I, yeah, just last night I picked oh. up a beautiful little D8. Sure. Crosscut saw. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful shape. It'll clean up beautifully. So I'm going to... I'm gonna start getting into flipping some more tools again, just to fund your habit, cover some of my hobby expenses. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So, but those I like, I like doing that because most of them are quick. I mean, it's like you know, the kids go to bed. I got 40 minutes to kill before um, we're gonna sit down and watch a TV show or whatever. So it's like oh, I can clean up a saw plate. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah. So it's been a it's been a nice relaxing holiday. Uh, cool. holiday couple weeks. So, yeah. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Shop Notes podcast. We have new episodes drop every Friday. You can check us out at all of your local podcast stores. Uh, you can even check us out and see the video version on our YouTube channel and the show notes page at woodsmith.com. We'd love to hear and see what you're building. So please leave us a uh, questions, comments, smart remarks, and even photos of the projects that you're working on. You can email us. It's woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or you can comment on the YouTube page. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week for the Shop Notes Podcast. Bye, everybody. This episode of Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a 1,000 plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com.